Today on the Dynasty Rewind, as you requested, we're looking ahead to the 2024 class. We're talking some sleepers. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer, the best in the business. Once again, back in business, joined as always by my faithful co-host, Nate Christian. Nate, when is the best time to start building your roster for next year? It's it's the year before. It is week two or three. It's actually maybe before that. You know, you should be looking at your 2024 picks when you're doing your 2023 draft. Yes. Because you know how valuable your picks are during the 2023 draft. The 2024 picks are going to be just as valuable a year later. Just because sure. it's a year later does not mean you should not value them. You know, it's you should always be looking ahead. I agree. And today we're going to give you some sleeper picks. Now, keep in mind, these guys are sleepers in early November, so their names could rise between now and then. But familiarize yourself. Get there with these guys. You got to know who we're talking about. I do, Nate, I do have to slightly disagree with you. Uh, I do think this is going to be a good running back class. I do not think it's going to be a great running back class. I don't think we're going to see a lot of first round running backs in our fantasy drafts this year. And that's okay. I think this is a good running back class. I just don't think it's a good fantasy football running back class. Okay. That's fair enough. Due to a matter of overall valuation of the running back position, as well as just expected draft capital, which is due to the overall valuation. And then the fact that, Hey, most people end up in a committee these days, unfortunately. Yeah, that's how it is. So you got to find the efficient guys and the guys that are going to dominate touches. That's true. Let's talk about a guy who could very well dominate touches, and that is Audric Estime, running back from Notre Dame. Nate, you kick it off, and then I will see if you covered it all or if not, if I have anything to add. <laughs> all right. Well, Audric Estime um, is a junior, third-year running back for Notre Dame. They've had a whole stable of running backs over there over the past couple of years. And SMA was able to kind of break out and show out last year as the power back in that backfield. And this year, he started out the year really, really strong. He's found the end zone a lot. 5'11", 227 pounds. He's a thick and powerful runner. Um, he's currently one of the top runners in NCAA rushing yards wise and rushing touchdowns wise. He's 12 touchdowns, Mike. That's second in the NCAA so far this year. He's powerful. Got great leg drive. I need to know who's first. Mike, I don't have that until the next guy. Don't you look ahead on the show sheet? You're trying to spoil it. Sorry. (laughs) I didn't look ahead. My bad. (laughs) Well, SMA is fine in the end zone. He's you know, helping Notre Dame become one of the better teams in college football this year. He's a little one-dimensional, though. You can catch the ball if you want, but he's definitely the thunder in a backfield. He's definitely in a committee. He's going to be a very strong member of that committee, but I don't expect him to be a workhorse at the next level. He's just not explosive enough, explosive enough through their air for a team to give him 35 touches a game um, over both ways. You know, I do expect him to probably receive 15 touches a game and be used to, you know, really ground and pound between the tackles. That's where the NFL is going to, you know, find their bread and butter with him. But with that's going to come a lot of goal line work. He's good at finding space there. I like it. He's got the patience. 
612 yards after contact this year, Mike. That's fifth in the NCAA. And if you just counted his yards after contact, he'd be 42nd in all of the NCAA in rushing yards. That's 130 schools, I think, 132 schools that we might be. Yes. So that, that's a lot of running backs out there. Aldrich Estime, strong runner. I like him. Thought he was really good contact balance. He's more power than speed. He's yep. fast enough. I'm going to sound really old here. I saw some angles. I'm like, this dude reminds me of Corey Dillon, the way he runs. <laughs> and yeah, if you give him 35 carries a game, he's going to wear defense down. That's the good thing. The bad thing is running backs don't get 35 carries a game anymore. That's not how the NFL plays football. So yeah. I do think he's the thunder to a team's lightning. If the Titans would move on from a player like Derrick Henry, he'd be good to pair with Tajay Spears. I was thinking the same thing, Mike. Him and Tajay Spears would be a great combination. I think Estime is a player who's probably available in the fourth round, fifth round of the NFL draft. I think he's like an early day yeah. three running back. Um, because he's a good running back, he's just a little bit one-dimensional once we get to the NFL level. Yeah. And he's gonna fulfill a role. I think he's gonna do pretty decent in that role. I think, you know, upside-wise, maybe you're talking Brian Robinson level. Okay. I think I that's probably a ceiling, but I think thing, more so that that power back. The other thing I will add is he does catch the ball pretty well in stride from the few times I saw him catch it. I watched a few cut-ups, and so he's not a liability there, which is no. really good for a guy of his frame. That's good. So yeah. that's Audric Estime from Notre Dame, and let's move on to our second prospect. Blake Corum, running back from Michigan. If you talk to Kevin Coleman, you would think he's awful, but he's just – Kevin's such a sourpuss. Mm. If you ever noticed that, be better. Well, Kevin. you're from California, bro. <laughs> what do you got, Nate? Well, spoiler alert 13 touchdowns leads the NCAA. Blake Corum over here from Michigan. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a Heisman campaign last year until he had a knee injury. He's back at it this year. Um, good patience and vision. He's always falling forward. Um, he's a little bit limited athletically. We've got decent burst. He's a small guy, five foot eight, 213 pounds. He's 213 pounds though. So he's stocky. He's got plenty of size to him. I'm not too worried about his size. He has a smaller back. So, you know, he does play just a different way. He is able to get lost kind of in traffic, but I don't really see the explosiveness and the upside with Blake Corm. I think he's a really good college runner, but he's a magnet on the back of his offensive lineman. And that works out well for him to find the holes and, you know, trust the line. He's running behind Michigan's line, which is probably the best offensive line in the country right now and has been for the past you know three years while he's been the running back. And I think that a lot of his production has come from that offensive line, maybe less so attributed just to him. Um, he's still obviously a very good running back, but he's also a guy that's running into his offensive line a lot. He's trusting his offensive line a lot, but if he goes to a team where they don't have quite as good of an offensive line, I worry about his production level, if he's going to be able to create his own yards especially after this knee injury, Mike, because 73 missed tackles forced in 2022, and that's not been finishing in a whole season. So an incredible job of making people miss. So far this year, only 14 missed tackles forced. Mm. Not good. Yeah. Well, maybe Jim Harbaugh could steal some lateral agility for Blake Corum. That'd be good. One thing that I agree that I did see is always falling forward, which is huge. He's, he's a smaller guy, but he's pretty well built. Um, for a smaller running back, love how patient he is. And yeah, had some nice cuts this year, not as much. 
but um, it takes a while to, and uh, look, yeah. recovering enough from a knee injury to play and fully recovering from a knee injury to play the way you did before, two completely different things. So it's going to be until he's a rookie and it could hurt his draft capital. But if so, that only helps your fantasy team. It's Mike. true. And, and we keep saying knee injury because it's college football and they're not required to disclose what kind of injuries occur. And so he had a knee in, We all we know is he had a knee injury and he was not declared out for the season right away. So I am one to speculate it was not, a, you know, it was not a torn ACL, but it, it probably was a partially torn M- ACL or MCL or something like that. Um, so obviously, you know, a significant injury, but it wasn't a torn ACL, I believe, because he was, you know, questionable for a couple of games and even tried to come back at one point. I don't think they would have let him do that if he had actually torn his ACL. So it's hard to find. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Just you on in the middle of a sentence. I'm sorry. I'm old. I get up at 430 in the morning. Um, good place to find college injuries in case people are wondering. Uh, collegefootballreference.com. When you search that player and it brings up their stats and everything, go down to like uh, three quarters of the way down. It'll have news blurbs about them. It'll tell you what's going on with them. And also Fantrax has really good information. Mm-hmm. I've noticed um, PFF a little bit lacking in the injury department, but their stats are so freaking good. They are. Um, love you. I got a lot of stats for the next guy, Mike. My favorite guy of the whole episode, you mean? Yeah. Let's talk about Jonathan Brooks, running back from the University of Texas. Nate, I know I'm going to have stuff to add to this guy. I have to find him in my notebook. Mike, Jonathan Brooks has been a blessing this year to this running back class, honestly. I feel like this running back class has a lot of more so one-dimensional players. It's got some good power backs, some good receiving yeah. backs, some, you know, but not a lot of players that really get me excited as an all-around prospect. And Jonathan Brooks does that. I turn on Jonathan Brooks film and it, it might be crazy, but I think he's in the running for the RB1 of this class, Mike. I think he has just as good a chance as any other running back in this class to be the I RB1. I don't disagree with that. Right now, I think I think this class is more wide open than people think it is. It's, it's absolutely wide open. And I was actually uh, you know, talking down Travion Henderson the other day, and he came out this past weekend after being out for a whole month and ran for like 100 and something yards and a couple touchdowns and made me look silly because he's out here trying to go for the RB1 spot in the draft class again um, now that he's healthy. But Jonathan Brooks, great vision and the foresight in space is what really blew me away. This, you know, we, we see this with some of these players that when they're out in space and they have defenders running around, blockers running around, they just find the route to more open space. They, they weave, they make people miss. Jonathan Brooks has the ability. He's hard to tackle in open space. He's able to use his blockers to create more space for himself creates yards after contact. He's a good receiver, a plus receiver, in fact, and has great yak ability due to that ability to find space and make people miss. He's a strong runner as well. He's got power. He's got good leg drive. He's got that finesse, though, because he's got that lateral ability. He's got that burst. He's got that long speed. Great, great balance. He's good around the goal line. He has you know, great ability to find that little hole at the goal line because he's patient behind the line of scrimmage. It really checks a lot of boxes for me, Mike. 422 yards on break breakaway runs so far this year. That's runs of 15 uh, yards or more, which is six most in the NCAA. 4.2 yards after contact per run. 
which is 12th in the NCAA. So talking about a guy that's explosive, talking about a guy that's strong. He's got 22 receptions, 13th in the NCAA, so a guy that can catch passes. And to top it all off, like I said, he makes people miss. Second in missed tackles, forced to win the NCAA with 58 so far this year. He does it all, Mike. Jonathan Brooks does it all. He's a day two running back for me at this point already. Yeah. He might be the RB1. You did say one thing, and I don't want people to get confused. Finesse, yes, he has that, but he's a violent runner. Yeah. He can he can make people miss, but he can knock people on the rear end too. I mean, he does everything. I love when a play breaks down and a hole closes. You said vision. He can bounce it outside, but he knows where the play is designed, and he tries to stay within the parameters of that play, but it's the ability to create off script. Much like we say a lot about Caleb Williams, he can do that too. I'm not saying he's the running mm-hmm. back version of Caleb Williams. Stop. I'm just saying that is a trait that they share there. <clears throat> and the way he navigates traffic well at all levels, and I say this a lot, but he navigates traffic well at the line through the, the second level, which is your linebackers, and through the third level, which is your defensive backs too. You know, he'll put on that extra burst to try to outrun a defensive back, yeah. stuff like that. He doesn't just run out of bounds. He does have a nose for the end zone. I love Jonathan Brooks. He's fantastic. I can't wait to do a full scout on him. Texas keeps putting them out, man. If he would decide to go back for another year, I would cry. I would be pretty sad. Honestly. I wouldn't cry. I don't do that. But um, what I do do is tell you to hang on for a second. We're going to hear a word from our sponsors, and we will be right back. All right, fantastic, everybody. Thank you for hanging with us and listening to that. And let's talk about another Texas product. We're actually talking about three of them today, oddly enough. Spoiler, damn it, Mike. Um, and that is Texas wide receiver Xavier Worthy. Is it Xavier X or Xavier? I hear people say it both ways. God, now I don't know what I say. I don't know. I think I just say Xavier. I think I say Xavier. I'll say Xavier. You say Xavier. How's that sound? Yeah, like eggs, Xavier. Xavier. We will cover all our bases here on the Dynasty Rewind today. <laughs> well, to tell you one thing about Mr. Worthy here is that he's fast. He is one of the fastest wide receivers in college football right now. He's probably going to be one of the fastest ones in the draft. Um, six foot one, 172 pounds. So he's got that slim reaper build. He is like the other slim reaper, uh, pretty physical for his build. You know, you expect someone who's 172 pounds and lean like that, not to be physical, but uh, worthy does not shy away from contact after the catch. You know, he is someone that is willing to you know put his shoulder to someone. It's not super strong. He's not going to make, you know, a lot of people, miss after the the catch through his you know through contact things like that he is very quick he's going to run away from a lot of people but he's not one that's just going to go down very easily either he's a great deep threat who can create a lot of yards he can create separation deep and he's also used on screens and sweeps and he can be used well there but i don't i, I don't quite have worthy pegged yet because he can be a great deep threat he can be used on these screens and sweeps but can he consistently hit on those intermediate routes can he hit with that route running where he's going to create separation coming out of his breaks, you know, around the line, the, the line to gain, you know, I don't know if he's going to be that consistent over the middle target. They're trying to use him that way. Um, right now he's got a 9.8 average depth of target, which is actually the lowest in his entire career. Last year it was 17.6. So a huge difference, eight yards closer to the line of scrimmage this year than last year is where he's being targeted. And because of that, we're seeing him use in a different way. He's having a pretty good season so far this year. Um, he's had great stats throughout his entire college career. He was, you know, he took off his freshman year at Texas. So 
a very productive player, a wide receiver, I think is currently pegged for late first, early second in the NFL draft. Um, a guy that we're probably going to be picking up in the second rounds of our rookie drafts. I just don't know if Xavier Worthy is that all around three level wide receiver. And without that, you know, ability to win over the middle of the field and in the intermediate routes, it just limits his upside volume wise. And, you know, if, if he can't fulfill that level, you know, he's, he's definitely going to be a second round wide receiver for me. I like him. I think he's really smooth. I do have a few concerns. Um, I've noticed that he doesn't always adjust well for the ball when it's in the air. He got a lot of drops. Yeah. And I think a lot of drops, they're focus drops. They are. We're we're talking focus drops when he's wide open too. Um, But then again, he's really good versus like tight coverage. (laughs) Wide open and he drops it. So that stuff that's going to drive head coaches crazy. Um, I like his speed. And I think his routes are really good too. And he's very, his play strength is good as well. Um, he doesn't back down. He's physical. And for a guy with a slender frame, that's great. I love to see it. I feel like I'm going to feel about Xavier Worthy, you know, in second rounds of drafts, like I did last year about Marvin Mims. I just feel like that's a good sweet spot for him. And I'll probably have a lot of him, to be honest with you. Um, let's move on to our next prospect. And the NCAA decided they just didn't hate him anymore and they let oh him play. God. That is UNC wide <laughs> Don't get anybody started. And that is UNC wide receiver Tez Walker. And I do want to just say one thing. Um, his name is stylized differently. In case you're looking for him, his real name is Devontez. So if you see Devontez, people just call him Tez, but that's who we're talking about. Tell me what you got. I can only find one game cut up of him so far. I think he's only played one game, right? Well, he's played, uh, I believe, three games for North Carolina now, um, ever since he's been reinstated. That's a lot to look at. He transferred up from Kent State from the Flashes, the Golden Flashes. I usually want to call them the Golden Snitches. You know, you're not the Golden Flashes. But Tez Walker transferred up to UNC, became as soon as he got on the field, literally as soon as the NCAA allowed him, he became the wide receiver one for Drake May. That's what they brought him to do as soon as he hit the field. First game, I believe it's actually the second game back. He had three touchdowns, um, a huge game against Miami, helping them beat Miami, who you know was a, a, a high-ranked team at that point. Uh, so UNC, very excited to have Tez Walker, and he showed out. He's a third-year wide receiver, was very productive at Kent State last year. Six foot two, 200 pounds. He's a long strider. He's not going to be super bursty. Um, he doesn't look super quick, but he is going to pick up speed pretty quick. And once he's up to speed, he's going to be hard to catch. Um, he's very strong after the catch. He's a deep threat for sure. Um, he's going to be lined up outside most of the time. This is the guy that I believe he sees You know, 90% of his slots. I mean, 90% of his snaps are outside. Very little does he play in the slot, though he did have a nice slot touchdown against Miami in that first game. Um across the middle of the field. So he has the ability to be the intermediate wide receiver that, you know, I don't know if Xavier Worthy can be. And he's also got that bigger frame. So he's able to be, you know, more physical at the catch point, uh, win on those contested catches. Talking about the opposite of Xavier Worthy's hands here, Devontae Walker has incredible hands, very safe and very strong hands. He's going to be a quarterback's best friend. He's a big target, strong hands, athletic, he can create separation on his routes. He's not the greatest route runner, but he's strong at it. He's good at it. Devontae Walker, I don't know if he will declare this year. I think there's a chance because, you know, Drake May is most likely going to declare, and therefore he might be ready to move on as well with the hype around that uh, that program and Drake May. I hope he does because 
I think he can be a day two wide receiver for sure. Yeah. Um, now, by the time this is released, last weekend's slate will already have passed, but um, apparently he was hospitalized Saturday. And yeah, he got he got a real bad blind shot, uh, blindside hit, and I think he had like some ribs or something like that. I'll tell you what, he's a fantastic wide receiver, though, because he had three catches for 76 yards on zero snaps, according to this. So, <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic. I, lo- I liked what I saw from Tez, to be honest with you, I, the hands. Yeah. Hands are great. I didn't see a lot of body catching either. Oh, he's he's always reaching. And I love what I saw when he has the ball in his hands too. You want to talk about a guy who's fearless against defenders, going over the middle, doing whatever he has to do. He yep. doesn't back down from wide receivers. And you know, a guy with hands like this and a big frame in traffic, yeah, so, yeah, so. and a sixteen point eight a dot, Mike. So he he's yeah. definitely able to be used down the field for you sure, know, across the middle or down the sideline, all over the place. There's your three-level wide receiver that you're yep. talking about. And let's talk about one more receiver. He's not a wide receiver, but he's a tight end, and that is Texas tight end J.T. Sanders. Nate, what do you got? Another guy where if you're looking for him, you might not find him under J.T. His real name is Jatavion. Yes. Jatavion Sanders. He's an athletic big target, six foot four, 243 pounds, strong runner after the catch who has enough agility to make some defenders miss. He's definitely going to be, uh, you know, the tight end two for this draft class. I think at this point, he's a big guy. He's strong. He's physical. He creates a lot of catches, um, you know, across the middle of the field because he high points the ball well. He's got good length. He's reaching out there, catching that ball, and he is dangerous after the catch because he's hard to bring down and he's fast. So this is your modern day NFL tight end at Texas right now. He's been very productive so far um, throughout his career. 10 yards after the catch per reception this year, Mike. I mean, you're talking about a tight end creating 10 yards after the catch every reception. He is finding open space. He is using that open space to get more yards. Um, He's creative after the catch, too. You don't see a lot of tight ends be creative after the catch. Usually they just run straight up field and into the first person they see and then fall down. Uh, Jatavion Sanders makes people miss. He runs across the field to find more open space because he has the athletic ability to do that. I know we got Brock Bowers in this draft class, but don't, you know, let that – take away from JT Sanders, who I think is a very good tight end. You know, he's used on screens at Texas because of his yak ability. Yeah. You know, this is what the NFL loves. And this yak ability, I'm not talking about just a big slot receiver. Like, you know, we look at like, like Mike Gusecki, you know, he's not really a tight end. He's just a guy that plays in the slot who looks like a tight end. Uh, no, he's a good blocker. He's got a good base. He's actually used a lot in line. 62% of his snaps, he's in line as a tight end. So majority of the time he's lining up with the offensive line and making blocks and coming out of his, you know, three-point stance or something like that. So this is a true tight end, does a little bit of everything. NFL is going to like this guy, especially with how much emphasis we've seen on tight ends recently. I think JT Sanders is a bona fide second-round pick in the NFL draft and maybe even a late first. Solid hands, great after the catch. And he's a big dude. Nate, who was that Texas tight end that you liked that was UDFA because he ran really slow? Was that Julian uh, Billingsley? I didn't like Julio Billingsley. I like Jalen Widermeyer. He was from Texas A&M. That's it. I'm sorry. I got him confused. Yeah, well, he's better than both of those guys. I can tell you that. He's much better. Um, and a man this size and this big should not get open as easy as he does, by the way. Like, yeah. Just gets wide freaking open. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't forget about him for sure. I like him a lot. He's no Ben Urasek, but, um, <laughs> you know, I love me some JT Sanders. So that's it. 
a little bit of an early look at the 2024 class. Some sleepers for now. These guys aren't going to be sleepers for long, I don't think. So until next time, everybody, for Nate, I'm Mike. Thanks for listening. Thinking about which rookies to target in your fantasy football draft? Look no further than the NFL Mock Draft Database. We are your home for all things NFL Mock Drafts by sourcing experts and analysts from all over the internet. NFL Mock Draft Database also offers users an ever-changing consensus player rankings to keep you informed on the incoming draft class as you build your dynasty team. Think you have what it takes to be a GM in the NFL? Give our free NFL Mock Draft Simulator a spin, which offers many features such as pick trading, historical draft years, and more. Join us at www.nflmockdraftdatabase.com or follow us on X at underscore mock drafts. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for us this week. But if you're headed to a game, make sure you check out SeatGeek.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things live events. It offers the best price available. Use the promo code DynastyRewind. You'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Don't forget, if you want to play some best ball, head on over to Underdog. It's the easiest buy-in in fantasy football. And it's not having to worry about setting your lineups, man. That's what it's all about. So again, underdog.com. Use the promo code Rewind. A 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Visit our store over at payhip.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. That's where you find our roster reviews. That's where you find all of our manuals and everything like that. Head on over there now. Grab some merch at spreadshop.com. Link is down below. And we want to see you in our community. And that is patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. But... Until next time, everybody, for my faithful co-hosts, Chev Nooney and Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind, please rewind. Thank you for listening.